I've seen so many lost young people in the city. You know, that is a big issue. And, you know, a lot of these people are pretty damn gifted. And, you know, just something, just a little slip, you know, um, and, and it puts them in that position and holds them down pretty tight. You know, I've come from times of addiction as well, and, and I understand the struggle. You know what I loved about that guy is his ability to open up these people on the stage. Just like, boom, speak their truth, as vulgar and as crazy it could be. And you're giving them hope. I had a big appreciation for the way he was able to do that. Even just his aura, his energy, just all the good that he did. That's the spirit he's left behind. Anyways, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're doing this. It can be found on a park on 17th Avenue in Calgary, selling in weed by the half and the quarter pound. Unlike now, I had cash falling out of my pockets about who controlled that park. We locked it down, we swept it clean, only sold shrooms and weed, and we kept the fiends out of the good part of town. But every now and then, when we sneak into our park undercover, a dark curl up under a tree and then come stumbling free, around 9.30 when I show up to stop my 10 o'clock shift. Now, provided said crackhead didn't give me no, didn't give me no lip, I'd say, wash up, hooligan, wash up. <laughs> Man, if he couldn't land it, how do you expect me to? Ah, wash up, hooligan. <laughs> he had this incredibly unique style that was, as you can tell, really hard to replicate. I was in high school when I first met Zacchaeus, and it was nearing the end of the school year, I remember that much. In April we celebrate Poetry Week, so it certainly could have been then. I remember three English classes were all crammed into the Annex Auditorium, where members of the Vancouver Slam Poetry team had gathered to perform their pieces as part of an outreach project. I was really inspired by Zacchaeus's piece. Um, he performed a, a piece called Invicta about native identity, and I felt like I, as a First Nations person, could really have a place in the poetry scene, that my narratives were something that would be valued and that I could bring something special to the community. Everyone had their differences and everyone had their life experiences, but that didn't set me apart. That was really special to me <laughs> as, as an angsty uh, 14-year-old. A year later in Late August of 2014, Zacchaeus was struck and killed by a train in Toronto. It was really hard to take for the people who loved him and had worked with him and had been just utterly inspired by him. It was a difficult thing to move on from. Things are never going to be the same without him, but I want to show that we, as a community, have been able to make up the difference. So I've tracked down four of his friends and colleagues, a poet, a youth art educator, an artist, and a friend, all people who are committed to honoring his memory, his talents, and advancing his vision of slamming poetry and inspiring young people. Can I tell you a funny story? So I'm listening to some of Zach's old poetry on YouTube, and I come across one of my favorites. It's called uh, Invicta. But he says something at the start of this version. Yeah. And I really, really listened to the first part of it, and he says something like... You guys got to show more love for my man Johnny. It's not his fault that he was born a straight white man from North Van. And he actually write about pirates and bikes. Come on! And I go, hmm... 
how many straight white men named Johnny are there in Vancouver who are also slam poets? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I think that was uh, a night I had just done a poem about having grown up riding the bus all over Vancouver. So he's just like, scores maybe weren't good or something. He'd always rib me. So <laughs> quite literally, actually, he'd come up and start punching me in the ribs. <laughs> Johnny McRae, I'm a poet from Vancouver, BC. I run a program called Wordplay. We contract with schools, so that would be the sort of thing where like, we'd book a lot of cases, workshops and that sort of thing, and we're usually just getting students excited about poetry and using spoken word as a medium that they can connect to. It's, it's interesting, it's gotten me very passionate about working with youth. As a lit student, my, my passion was working in Beowulf, and somehow that led into me doing a whole bunch of work in hip-hop, which led into me doing work on slam poetry. And, um, and one of the continuous threads for me has, has just been a, a fascination with this way of handing on knowledge through stories and through, through poetry and connecting it down through time. Really big on that, and I, I mean, I think there's a big problem generally for me when I look at mainstream culture in North America in the last... 50, 60 years has been sort of the breakdown of intergenerational communication. You know, the, the idea that a lot of people are now, I think, awaking to the fact that they're just like, oh, wait, you know, we've, <laughs> we've lost 60 years, two, two or three generations of knowledge on a whole lot of things. And part of that, I think, is, you know, the, the history of what different artists have been doing here um, and what's come before and, and what we're building out of the tradition in which we exist. Uh, and that's something that a lot of people who come into the slam, just coming in to do some poems, have very little clue of. They don't really know what's existed before a lot of the time. Uh, so to sort of come in and be like, all right, yeah, cool, well, check this out. Come back to the 90s, come back to the 80s, let's go back to the 70s, let's go way, 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 way back, you know, like, and build through that. Transforms my voice box into a vacuum, absorbing the warbling from every corner of the universe until all I can say is this song. So I ask him, what about going back to Zach? What kind of legacies can we draw from his work and his practice? I always think of, he's got this one poem, Dominoes, and at the very end of the poem, you know, there's the whole point of him being like, and like, I don't know, like if it's, I've made Dom's life into this kind of sick joke by turning it into this poem, you know? Um, and those little bits where he'd sort of, twist it around and pull it around so that it could be his, his, you know, he was very open and vulnerable with the audience, but he kept a balance of things. He kept his own element of agency in it with the audience and at the same time was able to speak from a place of, of strength and understanding about difficult things. Um, and to recognize the degree of accountability he wanted his, in his relationship with the audience. I realize I also have a relationship to an audience. And what have I made of Zach's life? in making this poetic tribute? How can I hold myself accountable to display the same strength and sensitivity he did? I always found it really moving, the story he told about um, one of the first poems, I think the first poem he may have ever done at Van Slam, in which he, he talked about precisely how many days it had been since he had previously smoked crack and how long he'd been clean. And every time he did that poem, it was accurate to the, the date. So. By the end, it was... Today is day 3007. 
by putting that out and and opening that detail of his life to the audience and to the community in which he was engaging, he made himself accountable to them to uh, keep that number growing. But he, I mean, he could do that sort of thing without <laughs> putting the emotional responsibility for uh, his relationship with this thing on people. And where does Johnny think I should go from here? For me, I, I, Cafe de is the only one I can think. Cafe de Soleil is the, the main venue at this point, and it's, it's been the venue as long as I've been involved in the slam. You know, people are telling stories and handing stories down and, and uh, have a space where uh, there's such active engagement between generations of artists uh, and, and where, you know, I think the youth can come in. And I think for a lot of poets, they're, they're kind of making it up as they go along, especially in spoken word. There's not a lot of mentorship. It's a space where they can kind of come in and have, you know, older artists that will demonstrate both on stage and off stage different ways to do the work, develop tool sets, and, and also handle what comes with being a poet at any different given point. The vulnerabilities, the challenges that people experience. So given what spoken word is, uh, just as a, a continuation of any kind of oral tradition within the space, and I think of the whole entirety of Commercial Drive is just like, like stories just dripping off the sidewalk of that place. You know, a bit more than eight years ago, I decided to exchange my pipe for a pen, reclaim my life once again, stop waiting for all the king's horses and all the king's men to give rise to the moment when this no longer defines me. Now that mind frame's behind me, now my back's fucking huge, and this monkey's so tiny it's laughable. So go ahead and laugh, because after all, this is just a poetry slam, people, and anybody who knows me can tell you that it's been slightly more than eight years since I first set foot on stage full of fear, thinking, goddamn, I hope I don't bore him, because I ain't never had no public forum for this whack-ass shit that I spit before. Fuck my broken fist in Tax barely fits through the door. All I know is that the more I write, the longer I stay clean and sober. So I'm here to say thank you. Having done so, peace, I'm out. This poem's over. So, uh, July 26th. 4.52 a.m. And someone shouting outside. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm on Main Street, so it's kind of my fault. But now I can't get back to sleep. And I've got two interviews today. One with the director of a Native Arts program in the morning, and then uh, in the evening I have one with um, Jillian Christmas who is one of Canada's most renowned, um, accomplished, and really adroit poets, and who is also a really close friend of Zach, so. I'm also going to um, Café du Soleil later tonight, hopefully to catch the open mic show. Yeah, wish me luck. Wait, wait a second. Wait, hold up, listen. Did you just hear that? Those are church bells. There's like a morning service going on somewhere. Hmm.
God knows Columbus needed no Moses to split the sea of my red people. He knew enough to just trust in the strength of the steeple, the breadth and length of cathedrals, God's gospel gloss needles, force feeding, canatas, pre-bleeding. So if here's the place and now's the time, you run your race while I fast and pray for mine, and hunger for the day when I can release the images of my people, proud and free from the collective walls of imagination. But right now, North America is just a fancy restaurant, and I'm looking forward to the day when I can't get a reservation. Yeah. Thank you all very much. My name is Marie Wussner. I run an indigenous multimedia art studio in Vancouver, BC. So I work with youth in the community, and uh, Zacchaeus Jackson was one of the professional artists that I brought in to work with my youth on a regular basis. We didn't want them to just be exposed to the art form, but also um, introduced to the community so they could become a part of it. They adored him. They thought the world of Zacchaeus. He was very down-to-earth, um, but also he had an explosive energy in many ways that the youth were attracted to. And his ability to laugh um, helped them to break down a lot of their barriers when it came to either their insecurity or their shyness. And then his, his raw talent had them in awe, so they just wanted to be around him. Working with the youth specifically um, is hard sometimes and wonderful sometimes. There are youth who can blow my mind and, and teach me things that I never would have been able to understand had they not walked through my life, that I will watch just slowly disappear throughout the years because they're unable to connect with any kind of resource that can help them through their struggle. Growing up indigenous, it always has a presence. I think that those scars are deep. And it makes sense. I mean, so many of those traditions were taken away. They were told um, in residential schools that those traditions didn't matter. They were told that they were less than honorable to even pass on. From my experience, what I know of Zacchaeus' poetry, it always came through. Part of his heritage was wrapped up in pride. Part of it was wrapped up in pain. He also had incredible experiences in his life, which led him in really positive directions. I believe his um, foster mother, the woman who eventually adopted him, was a high school English teacher. So he obviously had that influence. And then he just had the raw intellect and talent to take it in the direction that he wanted to. It was the way that he related to our youth to make them understand that they were not alone and to make them understand that even if there are hard times, there is a way out. Having a role model show you that you can take pain and you can turn it into something that not only helps you to grow, but helps your community to grow, um, those lessons can be translated into all different types of creativity. There was a memorial held for Zacchaeus, and um, when we found out, everybody was in shock. I remember when the executive director came in and told me what had happened, and 
everybody who was in the room just looked at me and I just went completely blank and silent and nobody said a word again. <laughs> the First Nations community has a really incredible understanding of how to hold space. And I'm just going to speak to my experience because everybody has their own. There was so much sadness that I had within me and I made sure to get a bundle of cedar and do my own special ceremony for him before I left the island. Um, and I went down to some water before I got on a ferry to burn the sage and a huge black bear appeared out of nowhere and walked in front of me uh, really close and then walked into the bush. That was the first time anything like that had ever happened to me and I was in ceremony for him. So it was very touching. And what I experienced going to his service was something that I had never expected. And what I could see from the community is what was reflected in what I was feeling. And we all went through this emotional roller coaster that evening together. There were people who were speaking of him that made you just bawl your eyes out. And then the next minute, his best friend would get up on stage and start making fun of Zacchaeus and how he got hit by a motherfucking train. And of course, that's how he went out, <laughs> you know, that would make you crack up because you know that if Zacchaeus was actually in the room and listening to those things, he would be laughing at it himself. And I just watched his community in that space go through this emotional roller coaster his family his friends the artists the mentees and everybody left there completely exhausted and when i walked out i had never in my life actually felt healed from an experience i just continue to do the work that he started I just continue to make sure that poetry always has a place in my studio. And um, we are the only studio that's funded by the federal government um, of our kind in BC. And I fought really, really hard with other people at Oni to make sure that that continues to be the case because people like Zacchaeus come in there and they change youth lives. And one of the ways that Zacchaeus is continuing on in our studio is that the people that knew him within the poetry community have started to come out and um, teach what he used to teach. Um, the next person that I brought in was Jillian Christmas, and uh, Jillian was all over it as well. Um, she, of course, was very... Um, she was very aware that she was not First Nations and maybe there was there would be somebody else who would be better to fill that position. But um, his friends and his his peers are coming in to work with the youth because I think they understand how important it is to offer it up to the community because it's such a healing tool, because it's such a powerful tool. And they want to make sure that that doesn't ever die out. And uh, the respect and admiration that Zacchaeus still has in the community and the love that he has from people like Jillian Christmas. Um, and she's, she's never going to stop talking about him. You know, those who loved him and knew him are never going to allow him to be forgotten because he helped to make Van Slam what it is. Um, 
And he was a living legend, and, and now he's unfortunately just a legend. But um, he's still inspiring youth all the time. He burned out fast, but he was a really incredible shining light. Have I reached Jillian? You have. So glad I got a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, me as well. So I was wondering if you could just introduce yourself, who you are. Yeah, of course. So my name is Jillian Christmas, and I'm the artistic director of Versus Festival of Words. It's a festival that happens here in Vancouver. I'm part of the Vancouver spoken word and musical communities. Did you mm -hmm. go to St. Michael's University School with him? So Where exactly you... is it located? It's on Vancouver Island. You know, that's not impossible. We did do a tour on Vancouver Island around that time. Zacchaeus and I met through Vancouver Poetry Slam. I was lucky enough that we were on several slam teams together and got to travel a lot representing Vancouver on the national and international stages. And it was really fundamental in my growth and my entering the community here in Vancouver. Subsequently, we worked together a lot in arts education and tours that we did around BC, a lot of engaging with the youth. And Zacchaeus was really the greatest arts educator that I've ever met. And I've learned a lot of what I know about organizing about community and about educating people about the arts has come from him. I'm very much indebted to him. I learned a lot from being around Zach, and um, I think that that is most people's experience of him. Um, and, and a lot about, you know, um, like I said, some of the, the darker and more challenging things, um, a lot about myself, a lot about um, a variety of cultures, and a lot about... Um, how to take uh, those those negative or challenging experiences and, and transform them into something better. Yeah. I think I have to start from the beginning. He used to say in his poetry that he had been addicted for, to everything from crack to French toast, and I, I think that was really true. I think he, um, you know, uh, as a lot of us do, you know, when there's pain in your life, I think he... He self-medicated and um, and fell into a bit of a cycle of that. But uh, the thing that is, I think, so marvelous about Zacchaeus was that he was always um, trying to do better, always trying to bounce back and, and create something. And, um, and so he was, while he was living on the streets, uh, a huge fan of hip-hop, as I said, and, and very inspired by that. And... Um, because he lived on the streets, uh, didn't have a lot of like notebooks to carry around with him. He didn't he didn't want to kind of have that with him. So he he basically uh, memorized everything that he wrote. He didn't write it down um, in physical books. Uh, most of the stuff that he wrote was all kept in his head, uh, which was one of the things that was really uh, particularly upsetting when he passed was that we didn't have access to a lot of um, the the work that he had created, and that was very difficult. Yeah, so he was on the streets. He memorized all of this work, and uh, I think he was probably a couple months clean at the time, had, had just kind of shaken uh, and worked through um, the addiction to crack that had been plaguing him. And uh, 
he was walking up and down Commercial Drive. I think he said he was in a fight with his partner at the time and went to blow up some steam. And he happened across um, the sandwich board that still sits up in front of Cafe de Soleil uh, every Monday night. And so he stopped. The sandwich board says, you know, tonight, Poetry Slam. And he, and he always said, uh, well, I, I knew I had something like poetry in my head and I really wanted to slam something. So, so he went in and he won that slam and he won like so many slams after that. Um, you know, he really kind of ruled over um, the poetry slam for quite a while here in Vancouver. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to, to get to share that stage space with him a number of times. And, um, you know, I think once uh, Zach acknowledged and was like, um, was aware of how powerful poetry could be in his life, uh, one of the things that he really wanted to do was give that to other people. And he immediately began to create space for youth and, and other people who were suffering from addiction or, or struggling in, in one way or another in their life to access poetry, um, to access that kind of community. And like I said, became one of the greatest um, arts educators I've ever met, a great teacher to me and so many other people in the community. Uh, his presence was so big and so warm. He would always collect people to to cook them dinner and um, host in so many different ways. Uh, the the hole that he left in the community was was just, I mean, it's still there. Uh, it's still here and, and I feel his presence every day. So yeah, I mean, he's he made a big change in his life and he made a, a massive change in the lives of other people. I miss him very much. It's gonna be so beautiful. It's gonna be like kaboom. The community that is Vancouver Poetry Slam and really the Canadian spoken word community, um, I mean, it's this incredible place where people go to share some of their most intimate wounds, um, some of their most heroic moments, the things that really make us human. And you see these marvelous ways people support each other. Zacchaeus was one of the greatest cheerleaders. And in an art form that is actually competitive, it's impressive to find someone who is really engaged in the competition, really at the top of their game, but also so willing to let other people shine. And he could get knocked out of a slam, and then you would see him right afterwards cheering and hooting and hollering for the next wonderful poet who was coming to the stage. And that was always so powerful to me. Um, and definitely something that I have tried to embody since is that spirit um, of celebration of other people's wonderful work so many incredible poets, and I um, am I'm really proud to be a part of that legacy. And I think that one of the things that I keep hoping to impress upon some of the younger poets who are now in the Poetry Slam community who might not know about the legacy, uh, I just need them to understand the, the great shoulders that they're standing on. So I'm at Café du Soleil. I've decided to take Johnny McRae up on his advice to visit. Kim Villagante, um, who was also a mentee of Zach's, brought out her guitar. 
and people were laughing and singing along. And after the show, I didn't get to talk to her because she was swept up by the crowd. But the mood was so joyful, and there was such a sense of renewal and happiness in the air that I let it be. So I slipped out quietly and began my long walk back to East Hastings. Back to my phone and my laptop and my notebook and my silence and my words. And it's okay. So I'm on the bus that's going to take me back home, and I've got some stuff of Zacchaeus's that I don't need to hang on to anymore. Yeah, no, um, this one I did print out, just so I could, um, I don't know. I never sent it, and um, it stayed as a draft for a really long time. It's dated uh, end of June 2014. God, this is so embarrassing. It reads like this. Hi, Zacchaeus. It's Eva from St. Michael's. How are you? I hope that you're writing and feeling good about that writing. I especially hope that the community work you're doing is fulfilling. I guess you're on tour now? Good luck if you are. Or if you're teaching workshops or gallivanting about as commercial drives tallest minstrel. Slam poetry, man. There's too much hope to condense in a letter. I'm really excited for what the coming year will bring. It's my senior year of high school and I'm applying to some schools in California. Are you connected with any slam poets in the Bay Area, maybe? Let me know if anyone comes to mind, East Van. Warm regards. Eva. I guess I don't need it But it gives me a lot of joy to be able to listen to the recordings and to be reminded of the raw power and energy and talent that he brought to the stage. You know, he was building community every time he stepped up there. And I saw it then, and I can still see it now. So my friend and I were both talking about dreams we'd had of Zacchaeus. What he had showed me is he was dancing. He was dancing, and he was happy. He was dancing, and he was walking, and he just slipped. That was it. It was really quick. That was it. And that's, that's what he showed me. He just said that he could reach more people this way. And that uh, he said something about a poem of a weep, something about a weeping willow, and, and then that kite thing. But that—that's what. It's interesting, but that's that's where I was at. You know, I. I know it's we- it's a little bit weird, you know, talking about it because I don't get to share this. But you bring you brought it up, so I. I thought it would be okay. So I hope. Hope this is okay. It's okay. <laughs>